as what as soon as she said that it felt like a hundred thousand pounds just slammed into my back that was pastor timothy stover giving us hope in the fight against pornography and lust Today on the podcast, Pastor Tim comes on and shares his story of overcoming pornography and recovering from adultery. And towards the end, he also gives us valuable insights about the things he's learned through the process about fighting temptation, restoring his marriage, and serving the Lord. You won't want to miss this awesome testimony. This is the Overcoming Porn Podcast, brothers. Let's get it started. Welcome to the Overcoming Porn Podcast, where it's all about helping you flee temptation, overcome porn, and live in lasting victory over sexual sin from a biblical perspective. Produced by the Titus II Institute. Hey, what's going on everyone and welcome to the show. My name is George from the Titus II Institute and we are a ministry dedicated to building up the next generation through counseling, coaching, and building online schools. And you are listening to Overcoming Porn Podcast episode 16 and I should say welcome back to myself. Uh, Sorry, we took a bit of a break and uh, you missed us for a couple weeks, but we are back on schedule and ready for action. We have a bunch of new episodes lined up for you guys, and so stay tuned. Every two weeks, we will be dropping a new episode on Monday. That's every two weeks on Monday. And before we get into today's podcast, I do want to tell you guys about the Overcoming Porn Blueprint, which is a free PDF resource that we have that walks you through step-by-step how to overcome porn, and how to build the best systems and guards, safeguards in your life in order to be in the best position to overcome porn. Think of it as if you're building a wall around yourself and you have to be heavily fortified in this fight, as you guys all know. And so this uh, PDF blueprint uh, also comes with a 10-day email companion course that you get once you sign up that will walk you through how to implement this blueprint every day. So if you want to get your hands on the Overcoming Porn Blueprint, go to titus2institute.com forward slash blueprint. That's titus with the number 2 institute.com forward slash blueprint. And you can get your free PDF blueprint there. And today, brothers, we have a really awesome and encouraging episode. Um, In this episode, I interviewed Pastor Timothy Stover, and he came on and shared his testimony about how the Lord used um, the circumstances in his life and his uh, sin of lust and of viewing pornography and of sexual immorality to bring him to faith, to bring him to a deeper 
and a more fulfilling marriage with his wife and put him on track for ministry. And so Pastor Timothy Stover, he is the Associate Pastor of Youth and Outreach at Fish Lake Bible Church. Uh, he lives in Adrian, Michigan, and he's the proud husband of his lovely wife and three lovely kids. Pastor Tim pours his heart out to his church family on a weekly basis in passionate and sometimes funny ways. Uh, and he also loves to share his testimony to others to help them in their walk with the Lord. And I brought him on the show because that's what we need, brothers. We need men who have gone through the fight before us and who have learned experiential wisdom from the Lord. You know, they've actually applied the truths of Scripture on their lives. And they are standing monuments, standing testimonies to the Lord's faithfulness and to God's uh, and to the truthfulness of God's word uh, as they have been able to overcome uh, pornography and the other sins and struggles that they had in their life. And so I hope you guys will be blessed because Pastor Tim is a man who um, has the same spirit as us over here at Titus 2 Institute um, in wanting to pass down the knowledge that we have learned through experiencing God to the next generation. And so here he is, uh, my interview with Pastor Timothy Stover. Today, brothers, we have a very wonderful guest with us, Pastor Tim Stover. How are you doing, Tim? I'm doing well. How's it going, George? I'm great. Thank you very much. So, Tim, before we get into today's uh, podcast and our interview, uh, can you tell the listeners just a little bit about yourself, uh, whether that is personally or vocationally? Well, uh, like you just said, my name is Pastor Timothy Stover. I am the associate pastor at Fish Lake Bible Church in Michigan. Um, I live in Amish country. It's pretty quiet out here with the clip, clip, clop of the horses and the buggies and stuff like that. Very peaceful. Um, I've been blessed to be called here. I've been here for two years. Um, edu educationally, I'm working on my bachelor's degree. Um, spiritually, I've known the Lord for just over six years. Um, and he's been doing a work in my life that seemed like it's been going about 150,000 miles an hour. Um, but all glory to God in that. Um, got my wife and three kids. You can actually, I didn't even plan that. You can see them behind me. That one's Max, that's Skylar, and that's Camden. That's my wife, Beth, um, of 14 years this September. I met my wife in fourth grade. Um, people usually go, ah, with that, but I didn't ask her out on a date until after we threw our caps on graduation, graduation day, because I was too terrified to speak to her. God is good. He knew. He had a plan. Um, so 14 years this September, just a small town pastor uh, working for the kingdom. Amen, brother. Well, praise the Lord for raising you up and giving you that ministry and that wonderful family. You know, that is awesome. And, uh, you know, I brought you on the show because uh, you did not uh, or you uh, were not always in this position that you are now um, serving the Lord, knowing the Lord, walking with him, leading your wonderful family. Um, and so I wanted to bring you on to give some experiential wisdom, you know, from a man who has 
you know, experienced freedom from pornography in your life and also the journey that God has brought to you on and the testimony that he has given you uh, of his grace. And so, you know, let's just jump right into, you know, how did you first get introduced to pornography? Well, first got introduced to pornography and in the second grade, um, not by any of my school friends or nothing like that. Um, basically, sins of the father. Uh, my father was into it, and I happened to be in his bedroom looking for something, as a second grader does. Pulled open a drawer on his bed. There it was. Um, from there, uh, part of my testimony, my, neither one of my parents knew the Lord. Um, never went to church. I never knew anything. I knew that looking at those magazines, looking at those pictures of those women made me feel good, which inevitably um, introduced me into a world in which nobody should be living in and introduced my brothers to it, um, and which led to a lot of what it breeds, pain, hurt. Um, I call it like the black hole because there's no light in that and everything that you're involved with when you involve pornography, it just sucks the light out of you. Um, and when you introduce that at a young age, your, your misconceptions of females, it's, it just gets erratic. Um, I just started viewing girls as like, I, I use this analogy sometimes like beef jerky. They're just an object. Like, if I'm hungry and I want a snack, I just grab beef jerky, eat it. When I'm done with it, I just cast it aside. That's how I was viewing women. It's like, oh, they're only here to please us. And then when we're done, we just cast them aside. A young brain is not supposed to handle that kind of stuff. No human brain should be handling that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, second grade. Should have been playing with action figures and throwing a ball around my dad, but... That's not part of my story, but glory to God, uh, my story is where it's at right now. Mm. I see. Yeah, thanks for sharing it, um, that and uh, shedding light on how you first got introduced to pornography. And you said that it it uh, skewed your view of women. You know, how else did it affect you when you were young? And and you know, up until what point? Uh, were you still sort of looking at it and consuming it? Well, again, um, skewing, skewing the norm of how you're supposed to treat women, how you're supposed to treat girls, stuff like that. Um, it actually made me a recluse. I, I thought I was the only one that was viewing pornography. And I knew deep down, even though I wasn't churched, didn't know who Jesus Christ was. I knew deep down that it was wrong, that it was bad. And so I didn't want people to see the bad. And so I just secluded myself from everyone. And that's exactly what Satan wants us to do. Wants us to hide, wants us to stay in the dark. Um, once I realized, you know, after high school and stuff, I, I uh, started dating my wife. And then I realized by going to church with her, how bad it actually was that if her parents found out or if she found out so what that made me do did that make me just all of a sudden come out and tell everybody about it no because i didn't know the lord yet didn't understand it didn't understand the truth 
I hit even farther and I created, I created a persona. Um, I, I lived a double life. Um, you, you live how you want people to see you. And then when you're alone, you live how you actually are. And that um, in my, in my childhood with my older, older brothers viewing pornography and the thing with pornography, it's kind of like a gateway addiction. You start off by just looking at a picture, but then that's not enough. So then you make a phone call, then that's not enough. Then you go online, that's not enough. And then you meet and, and then it just grows because just like an addiction to alcohol, you begin to get a tolerance. And so you need more and more and more and more and pretty soon. I mean, in scripture, it says, my iniquities are up over my head. You're drowning before you even realize it. And yet, for some reason, your flesh still wants it. Um, with In my younger years, my, my oldest brother, um, he actually would use pornography to then sexually abuse myself and my other brother because he found it before us. And he had already been much farther ahead of us. And again, it manipulates your brain and sin makes you sin. And so um, I ended up growing up and having a, having a rough time with just how to operate socially with girls. I never took the time to learn about the, the beauty they are in the creation from God. All I knew them was the beef jerky analogy. All I knew them was like, well, I can just use them and get rid of them. When I was with my wife, that went all the way till I was 27 years old. I'm 32 now. 27 years old, my secondary persona began, began to be my main persona. The dark Tim, if you will, um, became my main. Um, I was in the gym all the time. I was working out. I was getting attention from other girls. My tolerance had built to a level where I needed to start making interactions with other girls so on and so forth. Um, and then kind of already know what question's coming up. How did God, how did I get out of that? Well, well hold on. Before, okay, I'm not going to, yeah, go ahead. Before we get into there, um, did you already become a Christian by then? You said you kind of fell off the rails at 27. I was absolutely not a Christian until 27 years old i was not i faked it i went to church i did the stuff i said i was a christian in the daytime i was fine i worked a third shift job third shift job completely different person because i could hide there i could hide in the dark i could be who i actually was um i was not a christian no and and you had your wife fooled oh yes yep I said the, I mean, I said the right words. I said the amens in church. Okay. I put my head down when we we're supposed to pray. We took the kids to VBS. Mm-hmm. Relationship whatsoever with Christ on my part. I see. And during that time when, you know, you were a fake Christian and putting up this front Mm -hmm. and indulging in pornography, how did that affect your marriage? I didn't see it while I was in it. Mm. I, I lived in a world of 
me. It's all about me all the time. So if I wasn't going to get sexual pleasure from my wife, well, porn's never going to tell me no. It'll never tell it will never tell you no. If you want it, it is easy to get it. And when my wife wouldn't be with me, have sexual intercourse with me, do any for whatever reason, I would use porn. I'd be like, well, if she's not going to, I'll just wait till she falls. I didn't see it then. But what I was doing was I was just adding dirt to the top of my coffin, so to speak. Um, but I didn't feel the weight because a corpse can't feel the dirt on top of the coffin and we're all dead in our sins and trespasses. Um, I was causing a chasm and it never just hurts you. Porn never just is, it's not about you. It's like a drop, a stone in a pond. And those ripples will reach the end. You are hurting your relationship with your wife. You are hurting your relationship with your kids. I didn't even think about the fact that what if my kids saw it from me? Glory to God, they didn't. But the damage that's caused ultimately is that rift between you and God. And when my wife did find out about it, it's good to remember for me so when I say I'll never forget, it's not like I'm still holding on to it, but it's, it's I, I should never forget. Her eyes, her eyes, when she found out, will be forever burned in my memory. And I can even, like face, Facebook memories, those things are, I can't stand those things because I can go back and look at my wife's Facebook uploads of her and the kids and stuff like that. And I can look at her eyes in the picture without looking at the date, without looking and trying to figure out how old my kids were to see if I was a Christian or not, I could simply look at her eyes and tell you if I knew the Lord. That's heavy. And you don't know what you do. You don't know what you do until you look into the eyes of the woman you're supposed to love and you realize the hurt that you've caused her. So the damage, I don't even know if you can put it into words, but it is such a betrayal. And for me to say like, oh, I understand what kind of, no, my wife has never, my wife has never done anything like that to me. I don't, I don't understand it. I can never say that. I would never dare say to her, oh, I understand how you feel. Do, do, do. I don't. But what I do understand is her eyes. Hmm. It was just pain. That's what I could see. And I knew that that came from me. But God ultimately used that to break me. Mm. And so could you share with us what happened? You know, was it her finding out that broke you? Or did things just get to such a point where something had to change or what? Had to is a good word have to um so i was 27 years old i was a third shift team leader at a factory um i thought i was mr big shot not only was i addicted to pornography i was addicted to myself i was addicted to working out because working out got me comments from other women um became very arrogant very cocky i would say things to women that i would work with um, that were extremely inappropriate um, 
sharing pictures, stuff like that. Again, once you go start going darker and darker and darker, you need more and more stuff uh, in intensity in order to get that rise. So I got darker and darker and darker. I um, then led into an emotional affair with a, um, with a woman that I worked with. Um, and then it led to me actually kissing her. And it was about that same time where I was so arrogant, so cocky, so blinded by my lust and my own pride that I prepositioned a woman that I worked with who happened to be my best friend's wife for sexual intercourse at my job during our shift. When she said, no, and I'm going to tell, insert name, I'm leaving their name out just because, I'm going to tell him that what you just said to me. And I said, good, somebody has to stop me because I know I can't stop myself. And that was the first like, boom, of realizing what I've just done. So she told her husband, who's my best friend, he told our human resources, human resources fired me on the spot because they have zero tolerance. So then I had to go home and tell my wife why I just lost my job. Even in that still, I was not broke yet. I was like, well, I could just come up with a lie. Maybe I could tell them like I'm too good for that factory. And like, maybe I'm, I'm just trying to find some other job. Try to, I'm still, I'm still not getting it. I get home and it's, you know, six in the morning because I work third shift and it was towards the end of the shift. So I go to bed and then I get woke up to my wife throwing phone at my body and it wakes me up and I turn and I see her eyes. My friend had messaged my wife and told her everything. And he knew about the other girl that I kissed. He knew about how I behaved at work. He knew me. He was like, your husband's a fake. He's a liar. He's a, like, so then she just looked at me and said, is it true? And that's when it was like, there, Numbers 3223 in scripture says, be sure your sin will find you out. God is not kidding. Everything. I felt like I got filleted. And I was just like, I, I just, yeah, all of it's true. All of it's true. And not only that, blah, I absolutely just felt like I was filleted and everything came out. I'm addicted to porn. Um, I kiss this girl. I, uh, you know, I wait, left. I get, I get pictures from other girls. I send pictures. I, I do this. I do like, blah, completely got everything out and just dumped it all on, on this woman whom I'm supposed to love. From that point, she, she left the room and she's immediately just bawling calling her parents, calling her friends, looking for some sort of counsel. Her friends told her, well, this is your out, leave him. My in-laws, um, and they're Christians, and they were hurt. And so their response is not to be judged, but that was their daughter. I just did this too. So you got to leave now, otherwise you're going to end up with a pregnant girl at your door one of these days. Leave now, we'll take care of you and the kids. So she came back and told me, what everybody was saying. And I said, you know what? You should, you know what better yet? Clean break and get a divorce. You can find yourself an actual real Christian husband. You can have the house, you can have the kids, you can have the car, you can have everything. I won't fight you on it. I'll just, I'll move back into my 
grandmas and you can have everything. And then something changed in that moment on August 14th, 2015 at nine in the morning, she looked me in the face and she said, no. I was like, what do you, no. What do you mean, no? She says, no, we're not doing this. Just, I don't know what that means. What do you, she goes, nope. I, I know who God is and I know the man he wants you to be. As, pff, what, as soon as she said that, it felt like a hundred thousand pounds just slammed into my back, the weight of my sin. And I just started bawling like a baby. I mean, if I've hit the ground on my knees and it just felt, it just felt like his hand was just mm, putting that weight on me. And it's just like, at the same time, it felt like, you know, I'm, I'm this, I know this hurts, but I'm doing this because I love you. I just, you know, you get, it's just like, blah. And the only thing I could say was, okay, Jesus. There wasn't some long, fancy prayer. There wasn't some theologically accurate, whatever. That's all I could say. That's when he broke me. And even more of the testimony of my wife, that one right there. While I was crying, I felt her hand on my back and she was rubbing my back. She was, what, who is this woman? She was comforting me? What? Who is this God that she knows? Who, who is he really? For her, for me just to do that to her and for her to be rubbing my back right now, I was completely, completely destroyed for God's glory. And I just felt like, it's like, all right, now get up. You heard her. This is the thing. God doesn't move. God's always right where he is. We're either moving away from him or we're closer to him. He's, he's always the same. He remains faithful. But he's like, all right, you want to know about me? Let's go. Um, so from there with my, with the, with that, that's how he broke me. I don't know what avenue of uh, where your questions are going next, but that's what was the cause for me to begin to say no more of that life. I have a new life in Christ. Repent and turn from that. I have to, I must. Wow. That is amazing, Tim. <laughs> wow. Glory to God for hey, your wife. I mean, that is no, so I mean, amazing. Yeah. Amen. You know, um, I have been at the receiving end of forgiveness as well from my wife when I have confessed to her my sin and just the grace that, you know, she is able to exhibit in, in the midst of her pain. You know, I'm mm -hmm. so happy to hear that, you know, your wife showed you that grace because you were able to, to then see the grace of God in Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. right? For the payment of sinners. And wow, 
that is an amazing story. Um, mm -hmm. So now you're a believer. Um, you know, why don't you share with us just a bit about, um, you know, what porn was to you afterwards and, and how you were able to cut it out of your life? Was it something that was, um, that still took quite a while? Was it something that was uh, instantaneous? Let, let the people know. Okay. Um, well, when that came out and everything, and we went to our arch and Beth was obviously still struggling with broken and stuff like that, even though she did forgive me, it took a lot of a long healing process. Um, I can remember something that really, really shifted gears for me. And this is only a couple of days after all this happened. And um, we went to the church and we walked in the room where we were going to have a meeting and we're talking with our friends. Um, I had five guys that were wanting to help me overcome this. Um, side note, like you guys cannot do this. You cannot do this alone. There is not enough manliness in yourself to be able to do it alone. You've got to have your guys. Um, and they had all five guys were there and all five of their wives were there. I walked in. And again, nuts. I walk in, one of the wives hugs Beth, and I am just kind of a mess. I'm still crying and stuff like that because, like, you, everybody knows everything about you. It's pretty raw. Um, and I thought, man, I've been faking these people out for so long. They're going to hate me. They didn't. After that wife hugged my wife, she turned and opened her arms to hug me. Whoa. No, 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 don't you understand? You do, you're not supposed to hug me. I, I like did like horrible things with other women and you're not supposed to hug me. But like, it's like a double break. When she hugged me, I'm just like, who are these people? Why in the world? Like, I am gutter trash. Why in the world are these people being so nice? And again, very, very fresh, raw Christianity at that point. Um, so my guys, I, I knew three main guys um and justin myers jason reed and jeff malin um is pastor jeff malin actually they're all three pastors now so that's how that works um justin uh i would lean into him when i was studying the scriptures he was he i literally call him the paul to the, the paul to my timothy um he's pastor of colonville bible church in claire michigan and at this time i just knew him as justin he would open the scriptures and he would teach me the scriptures. Pastor Jeff would work with me and my wife about counseling and trying to reconcile our marriage. And Pastor Jason, I call him abrasive Jason. You, everybody, if you don't have an abrasive Jason, get one. <laughs> he was the one I would call when one of my biggest triggers was being alone. So when my wife had to be somewhere <laughs> at night, I would be struggling. And I would call him and be like, Jason, Jason, man, I don't, I don't know why, but I want to, I want to look at it. I want to, and his response would normally be, what is wrong with you? Like, would you just be a man? Like be literally like stop being what you are and be a man. I'm like, who says that to people? And I just, and he would, he was abrasive. He's like, you, do you, I want you to imagine stabbing your wife in the heart. I'm like, well, I wouldn't do that. You do it every time you look at porn. Stop it. I'm getting sick and tired of these phone calls from you. 
stop it. And it was like what I needed. Now everybody's different. That might not work for you guys, but you, you need to know what does work for you. Um, and it was probably four or five months of that tension battle. I don't know if anybody's going to get this reference, but Marvel, Spider-Man, the Venom symbiote. I don't know if you guys have seen Spider-Man and Venom. But when he's trying to peel it off of him and it snaps back onto him and then it has to try to, he can't do it. What's he need? He needs something else. He needs that sound. Venom doesn't like sound. And you can get a big top of That sound was God's truth. Yes, my friends were around me. My brothers were around me. And I, and I could, I, okay, I'm going 13, 14, 15 days, 16 days. Why is it hurt again? Why Why do I want to know 17, 18? Getting into God's word. And when I came across Numbers 32, 23, be sure your sin finds you out. I realized I didn't, I don't struggle with pornography. And like, I even talked to my wife about it. She's like, what are you talking? Like, what are you talking about? What are you, I don't struggle with por- por- viewing pornography is easy. It's not a struggle at all. Sin is easy. What I struggle with is what I actually believe about God. Because if I actually believed what I say I believe, I should want nothing to do with that. My struggle is my relationship with God. I need more of God. From there, it's been, well, six years minus four and a half, five months since I've viewed um, real life application. My wife likes to watch Law and Order. She got no, no struggles with lust, nothing like that. There's some dark stuff on there. So when that comes on to this day, gentlemen, to this day, if all of a sudden Law and Order, they're, they're busting a smuggling ring and they have to walk through a strip club and say, my TV is right over there. Let's say we're watching it, and that comes on. I just turn my head, and my wife knows, and she'll let me know when the scene's over. And she goes, okay. And what did they do? What happened? Who got everything? My wife doesn't. If there's any wives listening to this, what my wife doesn't do is she doesn't go, why, you look? you looking at those women? Hmm? You still struggling? She doesn't do that. She doesn't do that. I'm, tr- I, I never will say I'm 100% never going to be tempted again in my life because guess what's going to happen? I'm put a stumbling block before myself and it's going to come out of nowhere. Um, it's a team, team effort. You and your spouse, your spouse must, you, you gotta, you gotta involve them and they got There's gotta be grace and knowing that, yeah, when those scenes come up, turn your head, real life application, stop watching the movie, stop listening to the music that promotes sex. There you go. That's, I mean, that's real life. It seems, well, yeah, but I'm not kidding. Once I I stopped playing video games that had horrible depictions of women in it, it's like Grand Theft Auto and Call of Duty and all this stuff. Stop playing the video games. I played Mario with my kids. Mario, I mean, Princess Peach is fully dressed. (laughs) Modest. Modest is hottest. Um, 
I don't know if you can quote me on that or not, but yeah, like we'll start watching the TV shows. They have the, yo, Game of Thrones. I haven't seen a single episode of that, but nobody, especially those who profess Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Why are you watching that show? Don't need to do that. Of Avert your eyes. Like literally, if you want, if you came into your house, George, if you walked into your house and there was a diamondback rattlesnake in your living room floor, are you going to walk around it? Are you going to ignore it? Get the snake out of the house, man. <laughs> like, throw a couch at it. Unload a 12-gate. Like, do, you got to get the snake out of your house because not only can you get bit, your family could get bit. You let that snake just keep rolling around, somebody's going to get bit. Get it out of the house. TV shows, music, magazines, books, talk. Stop with the crude talking. I used to be a mouth like a sailor. Anyway, possibly rambling. Pretty sure I answered the question. I could be. You're, you're talking to a pastor. Yeah. You give me an open mic. We could go for six hours, okay? But uh, hopefully I answered the original question. What was the original question? <laughs> yeah, what was the original question? What was it? Um, I don't know, but I do have a question for you. <laughs> okay, um, moving on. I mean, you talked about how you came to the re realization that the struggle is not with porn, but in believing in God. Could you unpack that a bit further and what exactly you mean by that? And maybe give some practical um, sort of insight as to what you struggle to believe about God that tempted you to go to porn. Okay. So if you could rewind, I did not say what I struggled with believing in God. Yes. The word they're in, I didn't struggle with that. Even the, even the demons believe in God and shudder. Right. Satan believes in God. My struggle with believing God. Ah. Believing what he says he's going to do. Mm -hmm. um, believing the fact that I am going to be held accountable for every single thing that I do believing that he can see everything that i do and the false belief on my part of abusing grace i believe well i know that if i look at it that he's he's gotta forgive me oh hey hold on gotta should we sin evermore so that grace abounds by no means. Um, so what do you, it comes down to the question, what do you believe about God? Do you believe God when you're all alone and the lights are low and your wife's asleep and the kids are tucked in and you're by yourself? You will show exactly what you believe about God when you're by yourself. Because we're never by ourselves. I talk to some of the men that I've, I work with about porn counseling and stuff, and they bring in grandma. Would they view the thing that they're viewing with their grandma standing right there? <laughs> no. Is, your, is God more important than your grandma? Is he holier than your grandma? Can your grandma send you to hell? Uh, nope. She can hit you. She's super, she can be disciplinary, but... Um, the, uh, forgot the reference, but it's don't do not fear the one who can destroy the body, 
but fear the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Like, who cares if our wife's asleep or the kids are tucked in? If we're at work and we take a bathroom break and the boss can't see us and the stalls and, and like, God Almighty can see you. He knows your heart. He knows that you want to view it. What do you believe about God? Practical um, work. I did a lot of my sin on my phone. I didn't have a cell phone for a year and a half. Got rid of my cell phone. I didn't have one. I told my wife where I was going to be, when I was going to be back. And when you're building trust back, you you better make those deadlines. Um, we live in a day and age where they, everybody says, you can't live without a cell. Yeah, you can. Yes, you can. If your marriage is important, if your relationship with God Almighty is important enough, you can live with a lot without a lot of things. Um, stop watching the TV shows. When my wife would watch a show at night, I would be next to her, still spending time with her, but my Bible would be open and I would be reading. I needed to know more about this father in heaven. Um, it's like basic application. If, if your right hand causes you to sin, rub it on your face. No, that's not what it says. Cut it off. Don't actually cut off your hand. Don't. Okay? Let's not take that out of context. Something's causing you to sin. Something's tripping you out. Tripping you up. Get rid of it. My cell phone causing me to sin. I got rid of it for a year and a half. The next cell phone I had was one of those tiny little like track phones where you had to text, you had to push the one button like 16 times to get the right letter. It was infuriating. Most of my responses in my text were, okay. Totally one. Um, once working my wife in trust, my wife was actually the one. I let my wife decide when she thought that I could have a fault. It's not, oh, your wife wears the pants. No, guys. I pretty much impaled my wife with my sin. I'm good with when she says that I can have a phone. Like, come on. Um, healing uh, with other people, asking forgiveness, huge, easy. Uh, I'm going to say easy. Huge application, not always easy to do. I sat across from my in-laws and I apologized to them for hurting their daughter. My mother-in-law said that she wanted to punch me in the face. And I said, you have to. And she said, you better be telling the truth. Okay. I know I didn't have anything to prove to them. I didn't have anything to prove to my wife. People are like, wait, what are you talking about? You don't have, you don't live your life proving to other humans. Study to show yourself approved to God. You don't want to look at porn? Go to God. That's how I got out of porn. I got out because I got in. I got out of porn because I got into relationship with God. Study about him. Learn about him. Learn everything you can about him, and then you'll start to learn more things about your spouse. What looking into the scriptures did was, uh, was allowing me to see my daughter then allow me to think about the fact that all those women that I took advantage of by viewing them, it, they're somebody's daughter. And what would I do as a father if, if a young buck was looking at my daughter like I looked at those women? I would 
Just remember this was a recording. So if anybody is out there listening, <laughs> maybe in the future, not gonna happen. Uh, what, what would you do as a dad? As a dad, you would protect your daughter. But what are we doing to these women when we're looking at them? As Christian men, we should be trying to share the gospel with these people, not viewing their bodies and sinning with them. Because they're, I mean, what, what are we doing? So real life application, um, get rid of the stuff that's tripping you up. If one of your triggers is being alone, if your wife says, hey, I'm going to the store, I'm just like, hey, you can go to the store by yourself, but I'm coming with you. Don't be alone. If one of your struggles is staying up late, stop staying up late. If one of your struggles is your cell phone, get rid of your cell phone. One of the struggles is, oh, well, they always have those magazines at the gas station that are right in front. There's just, go to it, go to Walgreens or something, like go to a different store. You have got to want it, your relationship with God. You've got to want your relationship with God as the first priority, enough to say no to the stuff that the world's going to throw in your face. I don't know how much more practical you can get than that. Yeah. Thank you. Because those things, can, they, they can be done. Yeah, I know. Usually the solution is so simple, right? It's like Jesus said, cut off your hand if it causes mm-hmm. you to sin. And oftentimes, you know, we know what the solution is. We're just not willing to, to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, brother, yeah. Thank you for sharing that experiential wisdom with us. Um, couple more questions before uh, we log off. Uh, through your experience, what did God teach you about himself and about yourself? In regards to pornography. Or just in general, you know. Just in general? Yeah. What did God teach me about myself? Yeah, and about himself. <laughs> Who are you, old man? I can live most of my testimony by that. Who, like, who, like, okay, so Job, I, I, I level with Job a lot. It's like, okay, God, I think I got this all figured out. We're good. Like, I, I totally understand what's going on. Really? Like, I sometimes feel like I wake up in the morning and be like, you know what, God, I got this figured out. I'm going to do this, this, and this today. And I feel like I hear somebody laugh. And he's just like, <laughs> you're going to what? What he taught me is that he doesn't need me. But he sent his son to die for me. He taught me grace. And who am I to look across at my spouse and hurt his daughter? He taught me to view my wife as a sister in Christ. He taught me to view my children as, yeah, even though they're my children, my brothers and sisters in Christ. You guys ever think about that? Your children, your wife, are your brothers and sisters in Christ. What is your testimony with them? We have a saying in our youth group. Simple saying, if you know it, then show it. Because I got tired of talking up and I was just like, hey, you shouldn't be talking. You shouldn't be hanging with this group. You shouldn't be watching that movie. You, sh- you should be reading your Bible more. And then they, what was the response of the kids? I know, I know, I know. If you know it, 
you should show it. If you know the grace and mercy of the Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, you should be showing the grace and mercy. If you know what true love is, and scripture tells us we know what true love is because we love because he first loved us, 1 John 4, 19. If you know that love, show that love. If you know peace, show peace. If you know that you're not supposed to be indulging in sin, don't run to it. My wife's home. One second. Hi. Same. No, you're fine. I, I warned. I warned him. There was some, yeah, that one. I've been. I've been. I've been talking about you a lot. Yeah. But All good what, is God, what has God taught me um, through my experience of being a Christian? It, talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. If you know it, show it. And everything that that comes along, trial or otherwise, um, especially as a pastor, um, you don't you don't deserve any of it. We don't deserve trials. You ever think about it like that? The only reason we're aware that it's a trial is that we're aware of Scripture, and we were aware of that because we're children of God, because Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross. So if you're aware of a trial, that's the Holy Spirit bringing to your awareness. You don't deserve the Holy Spirit. So this life is not my own. I know that, and so I need to dedicate my life to show that. Mm. Awesome. Thank you for that. And uh, last question. And you've already given so much advice and biblical wisdom, but what advice would you give those listening, you know, who are still struggling with porn on a daily basis? Bring everything to the light. Bring everything to the light. And what I mean is you need to talk to your wife. Do not, I mean, it's, it's going, like, gentlemen, it's going to hurt her. However, I've talked with countless men, and I warn them every time when something new comes out. Is that it? Is that the only thing? And Yeah, yeah, that's the only thing. That's the only thing. Two weeks later, oh, I forgot to tell her that this happened too. And then... Every time you do that, you're never letting the wound heal in your wife. You stab her once. You got to pull that out. You got to let the give time for it to heal. If you don't, if you say, oh, yeah, by the way, I also did this. You put the knife right back in. Get everything out now. Confess to your father in heaven in front of your wife everything. You've got to get it out. It's like mold. You can't just scrub 99.9% .9 of the mold away and kill it. If there's 0.01% of this mold left, it's going to grow back. Don't think that you're going to continue to hide it. Don't think, well, it's not that important, so I'm not going to bring it up. No, like in my experience, if you do not get everything out, every time you mention something new, it's going to reopen that wound and that damages drastically. Get it all out now. Pray for God's wisdom in that. And be honest with your spouse. Be honest with yourself. Because if you're not, be sure your sin will find you out. If you can have any, a pen and paper right now, Numbers 32, 23. You believe that the word of God is the word of God. Be sure your sin will find you out. You think you're hiding it for a time? 
it's going to come out. Bring everything to the light so that God can work with it and ultimately his will be done for his glory. Got to let the wound close. You've got to move on with your spouse. Don't, don't hold anything back. And it's going to hurt her. It's going to. What do you expect sin to do? The wages for sin is, well, it could get a little uncomfortable. No, the wages of sin is death. And what that means is like, in a level with a relationship with your wife, it's going to hurt her. Every time you sin is the death of an opportunity to glorify God. Every time you give in to pornography is the death of opportunity to push that temptation away and give glory to God. Sin brings death. It's going to hurt your wife. It's going to hurt your spouse. Get it out. Bring it to the light so God can work with it. If, any, if, if God's word has taught me anything, be an open book. It's honest. Honesty is the best policy. That's not just for the cool honesty. That's for the hard honesty. That's what I got. Thank you for that encouraging and convicting message on confessing your sin out in the open uh, to your wife, to the Lord. Um, if you're single, to the Lord and to your accountability partners, to the people that you have wronged. And yeah, like uh, Pastor Timothy said, it's difficult and it's going to cause hurt and there's going to be consequences. But mm -hmm. what do you expect from playing with sin and playing with fire and playing with death? Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us, Pastor Timothy, and uh, sharing with us uh, your story and how the Lord has shown his grace, shown his love uh, for you and your wife and your family. And... Uh, I, uh, I'm thankful that you are in the place where you are now and that you have learned so much through the hardship that you have went through um, and that you are ministering to others who need discipleship and encouragement as well. So thank you for your service, brother, and thank you for sitting down with us. Glory to God. Thank you for having me. Wow. Praise God for what he has done in Pastor Tim's life, in his wife's life, in his marriage, and in his church now that he is serving there. What a wonderful testimony of God's grace uh, in the midst of our sin, in the midst of our failures. God's light shines through and brings us clarity, brings us truth, and helps us out of it. And so I hope that you guys were encouraged by Pastor Tim's story and his testimony and that you were impacted and uh, taught by the, the wisdom that he had to share through uh, living this uh, experience and through going through this in his life. Brothers, you need these kind of men in your life. You need men who have walked through uh, the fiery furnace of trial and have tested the Lord upon his word and have come out believing, trusting 
in God and stronger than ever. You need these men as a light, as a testimony, as a witness, as an encouragement, as a mentor to you. Because we often grow weary. We often can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. We often don't know what the solution is to our struggle. And so we need a real life example. And so, you know, whether or not you want to join Titus 2 Overcoming Porn uh, community or reach out to your brothers or your pastor in your local church or in your fellowship or friend circles, find someone who can help you in this fight. And as always, brothers, what do we always say? The victory is ours. God bless you guys. Hey, brothers. Are you struggling with porn? Have you tried time and time again to leave it behind, but you keep falling into the same cycle of committing sin, feeling immense shame, getting back up at square one, only to fall again? And all along the way, you feel like you're dying a slow death. If so, then I invite you to check out the Titus 2 Overcoming Porn community. The Titus 2 Overcoming Porn community is the exclusive online membership community for dedicated men who want to cut off pornography and live in lasting freedom over sexual sin. So whether you're falling daily into pornography and masturbation, or you have made good progress and you are just looking for further growth and accountability, then the Overcoming Porn community is perfect for you. Our membership community combines teaching, counseling, accountability, and community to give you everything you need to overcome porn. You will be plugged into a powerful community of men who understand your struggle and who have the ability to mentor, encourage, and empower you on your journey to freedom. We will be with you every step of the way. So check it out at Titus 2 Institute. That's Titus with the number two institute.com forward slash overcoming porn. Overcoming porn has a hyphen in between. That's Titus to institute.com forward slash overcoming dash porn. And remember, brothers, the victory is ours. Thank you for listening to the Overcoming Porn podcast. We hope that this podcast and our other resources can equip you to find freedom over porn and lust. Please visit Titus 2 Institute. That's Titus with the number 2, institute.com for all of our other resources.